got to meet the hottie with a million dollar body. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Something in Your Mouth cast with (laughs) Paul and Sam Dietrich. (laughs) Or as we like to call ourselves. Nice what do we like to be Catholic? God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is kind of an unexpected thing that happened um, because I have severe depression and um, I guess so does Paul. I don't know. I don't want to air his, the skeletons in his closet out. Um, well, you introduced me as the Catholic, so... That's, a <laughs> that's fair. So we decided to record this, like... Lemma scolium lolium thing, um, to like because we were gonna post the Highlander lemma, um, about like no, because we're saving it for a rainy day, but we've had enough rainy days that I don't know why we haven't. Shut up, shut up, shut up. All right, we have look, this one, no, shut up, shut up, shut up. We're posting this in between to prep people for season three. Okay, <laughs> this is about season three. Um, yeah, stay tuned for that. By the way, we have a, a season three coming somehow for some reason. I don't. I say somehow like we've overcome some great adversity. <laughs> well, every day, every day, it's just another battle with the uh, uh, with the label to not cancel us. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, the label. <laughs> The label of of our own friendships with one another, preventing ourselves from working with one another kindly and professionally. Um, also, writing period that that happened, and it's coming up for Paul too. So, uh, uh, and no, Nick's essay is dumb. Uh, what? <laughs> the sophomore essay is a bigger deal than the junior essay, right? Uh, I mean, honestly, I I I would say so if you're a stupid idiot. Oh, okay. Like, like, <laughs> like if you are genuinely if you have to like rely on the essay alone to get you enabled and it is an important part of it that's why it's called the enablement essay but if you have to rely on the essay alone to get you enabled then you shouldn't be enabled says the man yeah. who had to rely on his essay to get enabled <laughs> uh, <laughs> I shouldn't be here my imposter syndrome cripples me every day oh, speaking of essays You've got your essay in now. I, I did. Um, 28 pages. Uh, or it was not 28 pages. It might be 25. I don't fucking know how long it is, and it's scary. Uh, but yeah, no, I turned my senior essay in. Uh, for those of you non-Johnnies who listen to this, um, it, congratulate me. I won't tell you what I've done, <laughs> but just know that uh, I turned in a bunch of writing on Kant. Um, and you idiots will get to read it somehow. And I don't like that. I actually literally threw a temper tantrum earlier today because I was informed that I have no say in the fact that people can read my essay and it will inevitably happen despite my argument that it is on Kant and of the people who have written senior essays, no one wants to be like, ah, yes, I want to read the one on Kant. So uh, it looks like the preparation for your oral was going well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I submitted it and have not looked at it since, but I have a bank of quotes that I will throw back at the tutors because that's totally how a thesis defense works. <laughs> uh, for those of you non-Johnnies who absolutely should be congratulating Sam and Max and Bao, the senior you essay... Don't congratulate Max. Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, the senior essay is a major milestone 
towards uh, graduation at St. John's College. It's basically really the primary thing you have to do your senior year. Uh, the two things, the other two things being, well, participate in class and uh, a successful senior oral, which is an oral defense of your essay. Uh, the essay you have to blow it, a bunch of tutors. Like, it's an oral defense. <laughs> like, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, but yeah, with your essay, you're basically working on it. Um, essay, I really think it starts after you turn in your junior essay. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good way of putting it. It it starts. I, I would say that it starts honestly whenever it starts, but as long as that's before the deadline. Because I know a lot of people didn't find like what they wanted to write on until like the beginning of this year. Some of them knew what they wanted to write on going in. Um, I personally was one of the latter category until one fateful seminar later when fucking one of our seminar tutors did not read two paragraphs down, which is a superpower he maintained while advising me on the essay. <laughs> so things can really take some really stark, sharp, and upsetting turns when you're planning your senior essay. Uh, but yeah, for the most part, Sam, Max, and Bao, they all have one step in that grave that is having a bachelor's degree. I don't know. No. Another new Shinedown released a new album. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh shit, they did. Oh shit, wait. <laughs> no, I didn't know. No, never mind. This is from 2018. Thank Christ. Oh. Oh, the most recent thing they've released is a song called Atlas Falls in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Atlas Falls, what is your essay going to be on? A junior essay or yeah, senior your junior essay. essay? Yeah, your junior essay. Uh, I still am really torn. Um, I really want to write on Kant or write on Hume. Those are uh, those are the big big ones I have at the moment. Um, but uh, as I have said before, I think to you, Sam, every time I read Hume, I think oh, this Kant guy has no idea what the hell he's talking about. Step off a manual. And then every time I read Kant, I go, oh, <laughs> what an idiot that David. David. <laughs> Shut up and sit in the corner, David. Ooh, things are good because they make me feel good. I just now realized that like Hume is my biggest antagonist in terms of like Kantian ethics, not the fucking virtue ethicists and utilitarians that I attack in my essay. Well, yeah, because that's that's the biggest problem for Kant. Because for Hume, reason is not the primary faculty of the yeah. human mind, and Hume he kills any chance of it ever being the primary faculty ever again. You can't say this is good because this is my argument. You know, it, it makes morality subjective. And then Kant has to kind of pick up the pieces of that. And so he has to, he has to change what reason is or, or what the importance of reason is if it's going to have any real say in uh, moral yeah, moral philosophy. The like common moral cognition of man uh, to Kant is very, very prescriptive. Uh, and that is, that is like I think my biggest issue that I encountered 
um, writing writing on Kant and trying to like water it down because the point of the essay is just to make Kant to show how Kant, uh, uh, the Kantian day in the life would go for somebody who you know is able to reason that they're acting out of goodwill. Uh, like that one time when uh, that one seminar that I had on Stoicism, and I was like, huh. How would a Stoic participate in seminar? And the conclusion I led myself to was a Stoic would not participate in seminar. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, what I the examples that I like kept thinking of at the behest of my um, essay advisor all kind of ended up just becoming this odd. And this is not a thing that is possible, literally, given what we just said. But this like horrible like subjective Kantian ethics system thing that just <laughs> fell apart every time. And like the biggest example I could think of was me holding that one waitress hostage in the Red Robin. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know why that kept popping up. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what? Don't worry about How? it. No, I don't need to talk about this. Let's save it for the oral. Um, <clears throat> I'm keeping that one as the you know the ace up the sleeve. You know, they're, they're like, "What about this?" And I just say, "Suck my dick," because <laughs> that's practically that's practically every defense I have in the essay itself is just this is how the world works. Uh, and if you don't like that, you can eat my brown ass. Anyways, so you yeah, you're torn between the trolley problem uh, and just the problem <laughs> uh yeah i my biggest problem with Kant is i think i can reliably write 15 to 20 pages on Kant. i think anybody can if you know they try hard enough i you don't even have to try hard enough one what? quote from Kant is probably going to be five pages long. you'd be surprised <laughs> <laughs> I'll have you know, you'd be fucking surprised that if you're writing on the critique, yes, for sure, any quote you put in will probably have to be half of the essay. But with the groundwork of the metaphysics of morals, it is surprisingly, at least the first section, digestible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's digestible on Mars, you idiot. <laughs> Non, it's digestible for fucking like the, the Iluvatar, like the, <laughs> the fucking Anunnaki. Get it? Stop speaking like a reptilian, Sam. Just admit that it was hard to read. Uh, but yeah, my biggest problem with Kant is that um, I don't know if I want to go back to writing on professional philosophy. If that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. Last year, I sort of have had an epiphany when it came to writing, or I just changed my style and my approach to writing. I wanted my essays to be more like Montaigne's essays, um, to have a mm -hmm. much more personal feel to them that still gets at something essentially human. Um, and I, I don't want to go back. I just, I don't want to write on Kant because Kant's <laughs> writing is ugly. You don't want to you don't want to have to like you want to say something profound about like from your own voice but not about somebody who like plays the game. Like you don't want to have to play the game to say something profound if like to put it in your own words, right? Is I think what you're trying to get at. Sure. <laughs> like 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 when we were talking in the Outback Steakhouse after the death <laughs> 
that's a shine down song uh, we, we were talking in the outback steakhouse of uh, catch that alongside atlas falls in 45 um again sophie why the fuck is that on that play <clears throat> um anyways uh, uh we'll get to the black tar rock in a second you uh, heard it here first folks every conversation that sam dietrich and paul rosenberger have ever had has secretly been recorded for the podcast that didn't exist yet and we're going to release it whenever the fuck we release the Highlander yeah, Lemma. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Subscribe to Tier 3 on our OnlyFans to get um, not just the Highlander Lemma, but us literally strapping my father to a chair and forcing him to watch the entirety of the franchise. <laughs> I really want that to be the series finale, is just us getting my dad high and forcing him to watch like the rest of the franchise that he knows exists. Like, he knows exists. There's, like, three tiers of hatred in that man's mind. The first one is probably reserved for, like, I, I don't know, like, actually bad things. The second tier of hatred, the, like, the it, it's not the categorical imperative. It's, it, it's, it's, it's the hypothetical one. It's Baja I like to believe. I like to believe the reason why your dad doesn't acknowledge the existence of the highlander sequels aren't because of how bad they are but because he has this weird like princess de clev's uh duke de namor relationship with the rest of the highlanders equals it is he, he he loves them too much you see he <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you know who he doesn't feel like this weird push pull eroticism towards? Mountain Dew Baja Blast. <laughs> that is the second circle of hatred. He hates the Highlander sequels so much that they don't fucking exist, right? They don't exist in his like like you said. <laughs> he, <laughs> the Highlander sequels he just avoids out of out of fear. <laughs> Um, much like uh, Namor, uh, well, he doesn't avoid. The pr I'm gonna butcher the plot of this book that I haven't read in a year. <laughs> no, However, right. like it's much fr more fresh in your mind than it is mine. But he feels, I think, an intense erotic hatred towards Mountain Dew Baja Blast, uh, and I don't know if I would get disowned for bringing Baja Blast home. But Paul can attest to this when he was staying with me over the summer that. And I don't know, our listeners don't know this, obviously, but, and they know now, but like my dad, again, possesses a Catholic hatred of Mountain Dew Baja Blast. And I have never been able to find a reason why. I've always asked him. And like, just because I was like, you know, you want to be, you want to be loved by your father as a child, you kind of play along with it, right? You pretend like you like Code Red and Voltage and like the Blizzard one, right? Um, but then, you know, when you grow up and you split off, you learn that there are other, other religions, then they're just as valid, like Baha Blast. <laughs> Baha Blast is the Protestant. It's the Protestant Mountain Dew Uh, but yeah, anyway, what I find so interesting about Hume, um, that doesn't really show up in a lot of other uh, uh, moralities, is this, uh, the big word for Hume's uh, 
moral system, what is right and wrong is this approbation that you have. Um, some impression produces an approbation in you, something that sort of, I guess, just affirms you and the world to you, and that's that's what makes something morally good, which I find incredibly interesting, as opposed to, <clears throat> well, he fought a lot of people, so he's courageous. <laughs> but he didn't fight too much people, because then he'd be over-courageous. <laughs> but he did fight enough people, because if he didn't, he'd be a coward. That's why fucking Hume hated fencing. <laughs> you know Hume like had a whole like paragraph in his uh an essay called On Courage that just disparaged fencing as an art and like duelists as people. <clears throat> Good. That's how you know he's right. Uh yeah. No, that's fair. That's that's very fair. That's just in David Hume was completely and objectively correct because of one apocryphal essay. <laughs> it wasn't even as apocryphal. It wasn't even his main body of work. It was some like throwaway essay he wrote. It's all right. That's how we judge people, right? That's fair. We judge them by their throwaway essays. Hell, that's how y'all yeah. got bachelor's degrees. That's a. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, yes, the new Shinedown album, the throwaway essays. <laughs> My favorite Nickelback song is "Moral Relativism" in the strip club. <laughs> anyway, Mountain Dew so, Baja Blast. You know. <laughs> It's valid. <coughs> no, but I forgot the third tier of hatred that my father <laughs> feels. Um, and it is towards a specific model of Gundam um, called Big Zam. Uh, <laughs> because when my father, back in the day when my dad was a gamer, there was this Gundam fighting game that we used to play called Gundam Battle Assault 2. Or Mobile Suit Gundam Battle Assault 2. Great game. I think it's what like influenced me to get into Gundam as a kid. Um, which like essentially started the crash course into my love of a comic, I mean anime. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Welcome to the Akamega Kill Lemma. Oh... Um... And there was this one boss that is, I forget the exact mobile suit kind, or like what kind of mobile suit it was, but it's this big motherfucker uh, named Big Zam. I think that's like the nickname for it. And it is just, just like absurd boss battle. And I just, my most vivid memories of watching my dad play video games was watching him get stuck on big fucking whatever the fuck this thing's name was. Um, and that was the first time I ever heard him curse. So that's why this is a memory that has resurfaced in my mind when we're talking about the tier of things my dad hates, uh, like Baja Blast. I can't hold you. This big Zam dude is kind of hot. No, please. Stop. Kinda is, There's though. the title for this episode. Scolium 2 Big Zam is kind of hot. 
kind of hot, though. No, his head is like a fucking ninja scroll character. <laughs> yeah, but he is tall. That's what defines someone being hot, right? Nope. Yeah, shut up. You know what? No. <laughs> also, look at these no, weapons. No, it doesn't. <laughs> look at these weapons. Giant mega particle gun and mega particle guns. 28 of them. 105 millimeter Vulcan guns and claws. Dear Lord, welcome to the Mobile Suit Gundam Wing podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I it, going back to like the original, original topic. Uh, I personally think you probably have good things to say about both of those authors, but like. Like you said, they're both kind of like they play the game, you know. <laughs> There's a oh yeah, the Outback. Con- <laughs> That's, where this was- <laughs> That's where this was going. Was the fucking conversation in the Outback where you were like the Western analytic tradition has a lot to answer for, and like the reason why logic is like kind of stupid to teach piecewise in this school is because like the it is the language of like the professional philosophers and stuff past like. I forget who you said, but like essentially just like the modern Western analytic tradition past a certain point, past like Aristotle really uses this as like the mode of like speaking to one another. Uh, And it's all propositions and things like that and thought experiments and a priori and a posteriori shit, you know, Uh, and that's boring and hard to write about um, and stupid. Really fucking stupid. Yeah. (laughs) Really fucking stupid. Uh, Just say you haven't thought of it yet. Don't be like, it's a priori to our perceptions (laughs) in the fucking Trinosphere. Alex, shut up. Shut up, shut up. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I have a priori knowledge of Big Zam. No, no, you really don't. No, stop. (laughs) Stop bringing Big Zam up, oh my god. Like, for instance, I've never played the game. However, I know that he moves slowly and mainly sticks to kicks. That's because you're reading the fucking wiki. (laughs) That's not a priori. I'm not reading the fucking wiki. I'm reading the runes. Ah, uh, yes, the moon runes that teach you how to play fucking Big Zam in a mobile suit Gundam Battle Assault 2. He's pilotable in the fourth game. Oh, there's a fourth game? Excuse me? I gotta get on that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Hold up. Hey, yo, let me pull up Steam right quick. <laughs> yes, we are finally completing our transition into Minecraft commentary channel. Well, yeah for those of you guys who don't know during winter break basically at the start of writing period uh we started a minecraft realm which has caused us nothing but the highest forms of pain and pleasure um it has turned us into hedonists of the highest order um Oh, are you on the Dragon Gundam? I... There's historical information? 
Is this a real person? I hope not. Uh, no, it's not. Anyway, yeah, we started a Minecraft server, and it's it's pretty therapeutic. I think it's fun. It's fun every now and again to uh, dabble in that and build stuff on the weekends. What do you think, Sam? What do you think about Minecraft? Again, again, it has turned us into hedonists of the highest order who seek I, nothing I, but I, pleasures I, of the flesh. Um, I have no idea what you mean by that. <laughs> what could you possibly mean by that? I, Paul, Paul, I don't know, Mr. Rosenberger. I wish I could point to somewhere in the text, but I just feel it deep within my nipples that it is it has irreparably changed us for the worse. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Nick did make that, like, cow farm. Fair, but that I don't think that was pleasure. What, what, what was that, then? I think that was, like, necessity that he convinced himself, you know, a posteriori. <laughs> couldn't this have just been a Nickelback precept? Why couldn't we have kept this to being the original plan? Why couldn't we have talked about shying down like we were supposed to, Mr. Rosenberger? Because I'm not ready to discuss the sins of Trad Kroger. <laughs> <laughs> we saved that for Judgment we, Day. We have to lube ourselves up to talk about this kind of rock. Oh, God. <laughs> we have to lube up our souls. What's like? What is? What is the opposite? of foreplay like 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 that's what we need it's like anti-foreplay when we try to gear up to talk about this genre of rock i don't know <laughs> yeah yeah uh, anyway uh, are you excited to get back to class no no oh, why not <laughs> <laughs> Because I don't want to have to see all the motherfuckers in Annapolis 21. None of them are people I want to see. Fuck all of you. <laughs> you don't have to see them. You're doing class remotely. I have to see their stupid faces on fucking Zoom. And now in the hybrid classes, now in the fucking hybrid classes, it's going to like make a big picture of whoever's in like person, whoever's talking and shit. Are you in are you in any hybrid classes? Um, I think my lab is trying to go hybrid. I know I know Mr. Boyle is trying. I know I think Friday we're gonna try our first like hybrid class. I don't know exactly. Um I don't need to oh, care yeah. to be honest with you because I just need to again log into Zoom. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any classes that are going hybrid? No. I, I lucked out and good. stayed completely online. Good, good, good. Uh, from what I know of, some of my tutors are still like thinking, "What's gonna happen? Maybe we can try it." But I don't think they're going like officially hybrid. For instance, my lab class. Um, well, something. The reason why we can't go hybrid is because Mr. Dachev, sometime in October, just left Annapolis. Uh, so what a gangster! What a Balkan gangster! I love Mr. Dachev so much. That makes one He's of them. What? No. 
is an absolute pleasure of a tutor and uh, the best tutor you could ask for as a lab assistant. For what it's worth, he's just saying that because the label will like cancel the podcast if we talk about <laughs> Are you sure about that? Uh, yes, I'm sure very sure. We have never talked bad about any tutor on this podcast ever. What are you talking about, Mr. Rosenberger? I'm, I'm just saying, sure I'm just saying, Mr. Rosenberger, if you don't shut the fuck up right now, HR is going to be on our fucking asses, Mr. Rosenberger. Maybe this is for the best. Maybe uh, no, no, we don't need human resources down here because I know the guys in human resources and they're not good people. They don't deserve the position they're in. That's like, but you know, <laughs> you know, sometimes the inmates shouldn't be in charge of the prison. Uh, sometimes they should be. This might be one of those should be cases. Uh, but yeah. Also, I, I, I think the rest of my tutors. Mister Page said he's definitely gonna stay, uh, online, which is really cool. Another amazing tutor. Um, I think Mister Drucker wants to stay online too. Um, but I, yeah, I don't. can know. sit there. Little bird feeder window. <laughs> His backyard is beautiful. I've seen it before. I wouldn't want to go to St. John's campus. I could just do the class there. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know about Mr. Smith. I think we're staying online for the time being. But mm. yeah, so I kind of lucked out and got all of my tutors staying online and not really any uh hybrid from what i've heard it's terrible like yeah it's, that, it's, that's that it's just bad that's uh, just that sounds about right because it's it's awkward and apparently like uh this is from what i've heard about some people who have uh, gone <laughs> back in person people have just forgotten how to be good johnnies like, people have just forgotten, I guess, what you would call table etiquette in a St. Mm -hmm. John's classroom. And uh, from what I've heard, it's like it's like the beginning of freshman year all over again when that... it comes to actually, like, participating in class. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, from what, from what I, I can tell you from experience now, like, a lot of senior classes tend to be just on the quieter side as a whole. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot, like quieter in a good way. There are a lot more like good silences, which is why I think a lot of the tutors are a little more lenient when it comes to like classroom silences. But yeah, I, I also kind of dread a semi return to form with in person, just because I think people are so used to like zoom, zoom etiquette and stuff. I mean, you can't really help it. Yeah. Zoom is just a worse medium. For class, and we've been doing it for so long that you know you, we can't really help it whether or not you've gotten accustomed to it. It's been what, like a, a year now, essentially, because yeah. we started doing it like half March. Yeah, March end of tail end of March, and now we're getting to March. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's been about a Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jesus Christ, the pandemic. Wow, fuck, dude. We really should have like got on the whole like 
social distancing thing when that <laughs> pandemic really popped. We really should have gotten on that. I don't know. I don't know what happened. Maybe HR needs to come down to America. <laughs> HR has been neglecting America for a very long time. And the corporation that is the world. Oh, yeah, there it is. There's Mr. Yeah, it looks like Mr. Boyle wants to go back in person. No. Like a fucking idiot. I mean, sorry, what? What, huh? <laughs> uh, there's actually surprisingly a surprising <coughs> few number of people who want to stay completely online for the rest of the tournament. From what it looks like, I'm looking at the schedule. At least, uh, the schedule for classes in Melon, because they they sent it out to the lab assistants uh, to try and figure out uh, when to use what rooms. Yeah, the Johnny Bug is kind of it, it's addicting. I mean, like once you get in class, like once you like, I know there are some freshmen, honestly, who have been robbed of that experience so far. But like for the returning people who are used to it i think there is a lot of like just merit to being in class that i think a lot of people have missed because it has been a year and even even if you haven't ridden that bike in like the past year you still want to you know mm -hmm. it has finally stopped raining enough for you to go on a bike ride and so <laughs> even if you fall a lot you know it's better than staying inside for the rest of the day when the sun is out i only ride my bike in the rain I know you do. I don't know what you're I, 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 Paul, I know you need no tread on my tires. You and I both unironically listen to Three Days Grace. Fucking, of course, we ride our bikes is, in the fucking. That is a heavy accusation to level on me. Don't you put that on me. So what if you can don't see you the darkest? <laughs> Sorry, Paul. I meant rise against. My bad. <laughs> I didn't have my glasses on, so I couldn't see the difference. <laughs> But anyway, what Johnny's? Uh, I think uh, I think there has been some good to come out of this whole experience, though. Mm -hmm. I think freshman uh, January freshman is something the school should have done a long time ago. Mm -hmm. uh, and I really hope that we stick with that coming out of the pandemic. If we ever come out of the pandemic, as much as you can ever come out of the pandemic. Sometimes you're just living in a world so cold. Um, and the lab yeah. department has really... Uh, I, I would say the lab department has really improved. Mm -hmm. uh, just out of the necessity of having to film things. Mm -hmm. Like Practica to show. Uh, Mr. Burke and Mr. Recco have been working on what are very, very impressive videos, honestly. Uh and honestly, I think they could be like a source of income for the school if they posted them publicly on YouTube or something. I, th I think it would be cool. Because I know like Harvard and like all the Ivies do that kind of shit, right? Like obviously we're not trying to like come from, we're, we're not coming for you, Cotton Academy. But like, it'd be cool <laughs> to have like, well, it'd be cool because I think you, you could definitely market it as something like, like recreating because we have, we are uniquely equipped with the like material to recreate a lot of famous science experiments. Mm -hmm. um granted it's not as like modern and we probably wouldn't be able to pull it off as like efficiently or as accurately as i think some other colleges with just actual labs uh could do 
but it would be pretty cool to see like people people's reactions to like all the old Huygens shit, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that that's what would be so cool. What one, one of the difficulties, at least with my live class, is um, we moved very quickly through the manual, so there were often times where. Um, the practica that were being filmed were being filmed the day after we covered the material. Mm-hmm. And so there were a lot of times that I had to sort of improvise when it came to videos and showing practica if I even wanted to. Um, and there are very, very few resources that care to show what St. John's practica show. Yeah. Because uh, St. John's, our, our scientific education is an education in the philosophy and history of science and not science. We're not studying chemistry. Uh, so we recreate these experiments the way the original authors recreated these experiments, which is something that very rarely uh, and ve- very few people are actually doing. So it is a really... I think important niche, honestly, that St. John's is uniquely equipped to fill. Yeah, there's there's a reason why we have like it, it's just it. I don't know. Do we get a degree in history of math and science? Uh, so. in no. philosophy and history of science. History, of, yeah, they hit like keyword history of science. There's something I I think a lot of people, especially not just this, isn't a fault of STEM, although STEM does have many faults, just as much as the Western analytical <laughs> tradition does. Um. I think uh, just something that's neglected in the eyes of humanity simply because it's not as fun to look at or it can oftentimes force you to ask uncomfortable questions is looking, people tend to look forward and we like the next new big method of doing things or like the next discovery, but there's a lot of merit in just looking back at how scientists conducted things. And like I, I don't really know how to say it eloquently and I probably shouldn't have started this tangent, but just like... I don't know. I don't know. Like they're they're not even just the actual experiment itself, but the historical context surrounding a lot of what like people like Lavoisier and Maxwell are doing. Um, the fact that like there's a certain experiment that while the actual fruit was erroneous, it did lead to a lot of interesting discoveries in electromagnetism uh, that happened at the Naval Academy, as I was told in math class yesterday. Um, but just like getting a look back at how all of that shit came about really does also it's almost as life affirming as watching somebody land on mars you know mm-hmm. that's what i really really love about st john's uh, oftentimes the reading and, and the materials in tutorials uh more unexpectedly than in seminar just ends up being life affirming It isn't, but yeah. we don't need to talk about those times. Uh, but yeah, like the, there's an important niche that I think uh, the St. John's, especially the St. John's lab program fulfills that doesn't necessarily occur to people in traditional educational institutions. Like, for instance, when um, Erin, who some of you don't know, was a Johnny until she recently transferred out of St. John's to pursue a degree in STEM. Uh, was in a chemistry class and they were studying J.J. Thompson. Uh, uh, she had a question about the experiment that they were studying. 
how how was it that Thompson set it up and what exactly was Thompson actually looking for and how did it go down? Uh, and it turned out that very few people in the class could actually answer that question. And so I think, it, I don't know if you remember, but she asked me to ask you because you were yep. studying the same thing in senior lab. Yep. And then, you know, she took that back to uh, her chemistry class and I don't know what happened. A lot of gel electrophoresis. That's probably not what happened, but you know, <laughs> you know what they're doing in those like college STEM degrees, just high school science, uh, which is what we're with. Well, what I love for all intents and purposes is a lot of the time what you end up doing at the St. John's lab program, like feels like you're just doing high school laboratory shit. Um, but the, the context of it and the fact that like you are recreating these experiments makes it feel infinitely more profound. Yeah, I, like I, the think cups. The, I think the epitome of what St. John's is, um, is uh, actually seen in Faraday, just who Faraday was in all of his work. You know, somebody who didn't necessarily have a formal education, actually almost controversially didn't really have a formal education, but basically figured out how electricity works anyway. You know, Maxwell has that famous quote about Faraday where Maxwell says that he never did a single experiment because Faraday did all of them. Yep. And then Faraday ended up, what, like losing his mind because he played around with mercury too much? But yeah, okay. that's exactly what St. John's is. We really do play around with mercury. <laughs> <laughs> we, yep. And if it isn't mercury, then it's fucking Hegel. <laughs> because Hegel is essentially just prolonged exposure to mercury, but distilled into concepts. <laughs> I, dude, I look at my phenomenology of the spirit. I look at that book and I feel fear. I don't mercury feel understanding. Is the same thing as Hegel, but with rotting your brain instead of concepts. <laughs> <laughs> What was it that I sent you? Oh, that's right. Hinder says the same thing as Hegel, but with my girl in the next room instead of concept. <laughs> Porn star dancing by My Darkest Day says the same thing as Hegel, but with Stacy, who won't kiss my friend Cassandra, uh, instead of concept. So those are also the wrong names for that lyric. Fuck you. Who cares? Who cares? Oh yeah, all those porn star dancing fans are gonna come at us. <laughs> all those my darkest days dance that are gonna come out of the woodworks on fucking like whatever fucking dark web social network they're using. <laughs> the parlor zombies are coming for us. It's not going to be the My Darkest Days stands. It's going to be the Ludacris stands. No, no. It's going to be an unholy union of the two. So GEZ fans. <laughs> oh, God. Idris says the same thing as Hegel, but with cascading instead of concept. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> the Locust God says the same thing as Hegel, but with being bullshit instead of concepts. <laughs> Ren and Steri say the same thing as Hegel, but with being inseparable instead of concepts. The Lord of Fort Mono Blue says the same thing as Hegel, but with beating a member of the service industry to death because they didn't bring you your coffee fast enough. Instead no, of Max coffee. just Max kills them with his mind <laughs> by reading them Hegel. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that here, here. All right, all right, all right, kids. Here's the SJCFU's primer on how to kill people with your mind. Um, <laughs> and the recording right there. <laughs> End the recording right there. <laughs> <laughs> Just end the recording. <laughs>